Good evening. How are you doing tonight, Metropolitan Baptist Church? Buenas noches, hermano. It's good to be with all of you again. What a joy it is to uh, be here in the house of the Lord tonight. As always, I have to have my water up here. But it's a a joy to be here tonight. Uh, I've entitled uh, my message tonight... Uh, whose servant are you? Whose servant are you? Uh, we're going to be in the book of Galatians. Galatians chapter, uh, chapter 1. You know, we, we have the privilege uh, to... Share the gospel of, of Jesus Christ. We have the privilege and we've been entrusted as the, as the church, as the people of God, uh, to share the gospel, uh, to take the gospel to the, end, the ends of the earth. And, and as we just got through with missions conference, right, we know that, uh, that it's important. I often like to go to the letters of Paul. But the whole word, the whole Bible is the word of God. Uh, But uh, just real quick, we're going to read here. We're going to read verses 1 through 11. It says, Paul and apostle, not of men, neither by men, but Jesus Christ, by Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead. And all the brethren which are with me unto the churches of Galatia, grace be to you and peace from God the Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ. Who gave himself for our sins that he might deliver us from this present evil world according to the will of God and the Father. To whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. I marvel that ye are so soon removed from him that called you into another. uh, Him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel. Which is not another but there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. But though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. As we said before, so say I now again, if any man preach any other gospel unto you than that ye have received, let him be accursed. For do I now persuade men or God, or do I seek to please men? For if I yet please men, I should not be the servant of Christ. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the privilege that it is to share the gospel, to, to be entrusted with the gospel. And, and Heavenly Father, we, we pray tonight that, uh, that you deal with our hearts. I pray that we can be encouraged tonight. I pray, Lord, that, uh, that you'll speak to us tonight. Lord, that you give me the words. Lord, I pray that we can humble ourselves before you. And Lord, we will, give you the, we will give you the praise and we will give you the glory. We thank you and we love you. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. So tonight I want to look at the subject on the responsibility of the servant of God. You know, the, the gospel... And really, we live in a time where uh, you, 
you go out into the streets and you share the gospel in, in the world or, or those, uh, so many have different ideas of what the gospel is. They have their own understanding and their view of, of what the gospel is. I mean, you can go out and, and you can talk to somebody about Christ and, and they'll tell you their ideas and they'll t- tell you how they have a great relationship with God and, 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 and when it boils down to it, their gospel is not a biblical gospel. But we have a biblical gospel. We have the, the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we've been entrusted with that gospel. We've been entrusted to take the gospel to the world. And, 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 and I heard uh, someone say, and I agree, uh, Daniel Pearson, Brother Daniel Pearson said, uh, fools win arguments, uh, but the wise win souls. Is that, is, that, is that what he said? And I agree with that. And not that we want to argue, but when we understand that the gospel is the only hope that we have, when we understand that man's only hope is the gospel of Jesus Christ, when we come to that place and we understand that, then we must persuade men. We must convince men. We have a great responsibility. But notice what Paul says here. In, in, in most of Paul's letters, uh, he often says, when he begins a letter, he'll often uh, say something like what he says here in verse number 1. Paul says, Paul, an apostle, not of men, neither by men, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead. So, again, I have three points for us tonight. And the first point I want to deal with is the authority of the servant of Jesus Christ. Right? Where does our authority come from? Paul says, I'm an apostle. So what is an apostle? What is an apostle? An apostle is an apostle was a messenger of Jesus Christ, one sent forth with orders from God. An apostle was a a delegate or, or in a sense, an ambassador of Jesus Christ. He was. They were called by Christ, right? We obviously don't have apostles today, although we have many that claim that they are apostles. But Paul was an apostle, and Paul often would would say in his letters, hey, I'm an apostle of Jesus Christ. If you want to look at uh, when he was called to be an apostle, let's go to uh, Acts chapter 9, Acts chapter 9, verses, uh, we're going to pick up there in verse number 13. We know and understand that Paul was on his way to Damascus to bring Christians bound uh, back to Jerusalem. Right, And he was on his way to Damascus, and, and Paul was on his way to Damascus to bring Christians bound. And in the, on his way there, the Lord Jesus Christ appeared to Paul. And so Paul, is, is, uh, he, he ends up with a, a, a brother by the name of Ananias. Uh, we're going to pick up there in uh, verse, number, verse number 13. Then Ananias answered, 
Lord, I have heard by many of this man how much evil he hath done to thy saints at Jerusalem. And here he hath authority from the chief priests to bind all, the, all that call on thy name. But the Lord said unto him, Go thy way, for he is a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. For I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. And we see the calling of Paul that God had, right? The, uh, the Lord Jesus Christ called him for a purpose, for service. And Paul had a calling. And, and Paul says in uh, Acts chapter 20, verse number 24. Acts chapter 20, verse number 24. Verse number 24, he says, But none of these things move me, neither can I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy, and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus Christ to testify the gospel of grace, of the grace of God. So Paul was called for a purpose. He had a ministry, and that ministry was to preach the gospel of grace. He was called to preach the gospel of grace. In Titus chapter 1, Titus chapter 1, verse number 3. We're going to be looking at some scriptures tonight. Paul is writing a letter here to uh, Titus. And it says in verse number 3, But hath in due times manifested his word, through the preaching which is committed unto me according to the commandment of God, our Savior. So there we see that he says that, 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 that this ministry was committed, the preaching which is committed or entrusted unto him according to the commandment of God, our Savior. So we see that uh, it was committed unto him. He was entrusted with this with his, uh, ministry. And church, I want to tell you today that we're entrusted with this ministry. As I mentioned before, we are not apostles. There's, there's no apostles today. Uh, the work of the apostles is finished. But our work is still here. As long as we're here, we have a, we have a duty. We have been entrusted. And, and Paul is, is writing here, but, but he's, he continues on here and he says... And all the brethren which were with me unto the churches of Galatia. So who is he writing to? He's writing to those churches in Galatia, right in that region of Galatia. Remember that Paul had traveled through there and, and through that ministry, uh, uh, the churches grew and the gospel spread. But they had the true gospel. They had the, the, the gospel. And so Paul is writing to believers. He's writing unto them churches. He says, Grace be unto you and peace from God the Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ. It sounds to me like Paul is trying to keep the peace here. He doesn't sound like he's trying to make it an argument or, or a debate. He doesn't want to argue. He's trying to keep the peace. And as we should, right, when we approach someone, we always should do it uh, with care and, and, and be tender and loving, caring. 
Many of the times we lack in that. I do at least. But it's important to keep that, to keep your composure and, and share the, you know, get, get to the root of it, get to the gospel. And so Paul is writing and he's, and he's saying, hey, look, this is, look, I, I, I come to you with the grace of, and peace of, of God and the Lord Jesus Christ. Look at verse number four, who gave himself for our sins that he might deliver us from this present evil world according to the will of God and our Father. So I like the reminder here. This is what Christ did. He, he died for us, the one, the one that, that, that I'm, I'm saying grace and peace be unto you. He's the one that died for us. He gave himself for us. He, was, he, he died so that we could be delivered from this present evil world, from this evil, corrupt world according to the will of the Father. And then he gives them the glory, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. And that's who we should always give the glory to. We should always give God the glory. It's nothing that we do, right? It's, it's what he did. We're here today because of, of what he's done, because of our relationship with him. That's why we're here today. The glory belongs to God. But the point that I'm trying to make through these verses here is that, that the authority comes from God. Right? God gave Paul the authority, and we as believers have that same authority. Right? The word of God is our authority. It's what we stand on. Right? This, this, what we read in here, what we learn about the gospel is we learn it from here. Right? From the word of God. And we stand on that. We preach that. But shame on us if, if we don't. Shame on us if we know someone or, 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 or someone that, that is uh, uh, wrapped up in religion or, or all these other uh, issues here. And, and, and shame on us if we are not willing to share the gospel with them. And so many times we stay silent because maybe it's a friend or, or someone that we care about. And maybe we don't want to lose that relationship. And we know that, that uh, uh, the gospel causes at times causes us to separate. I mean, at least for me, it's been that way. And maybe we just want to be quiet and not say much because we don't want, we don't want that separation from, from our friend or, or our loved one. But if we don't share the gospel with them, then they can't be saved. If we're not willing to uh, take that step then they can't be saved. And, and, and Christian, we have the authority from God. It's a God-given authority. No one has to tell you, you have the authority. God gave it to you. If you're a Christian, if you're saved tonight. So we see that the authority of the messenger or the servant of God comes from God, right? God is our, uh, uh, that gives us that authority. But we also have a message, right? The, the, the servant of God has a message. 
And what is that message? Look at verse number 6 with me there. Verse number 6. Now, we kind of just go past by this a lot, right? I read this and I just kind of move. But Paul says in verse number 6, he says, I marvel that ye are so soon removed. Paul said, I marvel. That word marvel, it means to wonder or to be amazed. He says, I wonder. I wonder that I wonder that ye are so soon, so soon removed. That word removed is, is to, tr- to be transferred or, or, ch- or to be changed, to change or to be taken up. I marvel that ye are so soon removed. I am amazed. From him that called you into the grace of Christ. He says, I marvel that ye are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ. So, what is grace? Grace is getting something that you don't deserve, right? Grace is getting something that you rightfully don't deserve. You didn't do anything for it. And that's the gospel that we preach. It's a gospel of grace. And Paul says, I marvel that you are so soon removed into the grace of Christ. And then he says, another gospel. So what is another gospel? Best way I could define it was a gospel that is not of grace. A gospel that is not of grace, a gospel that is worse uh, based on works, a works-based salvation. And that's what was going on here in the church in Ephesus. This is what Paul is dealing with here. This is the purpose of the letter. Paul is dealing with these, uh, uh, these, these Judaizers that have come into these churches uh, there in Galatia, and they're preaching that, uh, that you can't be justified only in Christ, that you have to keep the law, that you have to, it's Christ plus the law. That's another gospel. That, that's not the gospel that, that Paul preached when he was in Galatia. Or, or, or when they got that message there in the churches in Galatia. That, that isn't the, the, the gospel that, that, that he was preaching. That isn't the gospel that, that they heard. That isn't the gospel of their salvation. And Paul was amazed how soon they were removed from that which uh, they were given. He says, I marvel. The message that we preach, the gospel that we preach, the biblical gospel 
is a, a gospel of grace. And we're going to talk more about that here in a minute. But in Ephesians chapter 2, verse, uh, uh, verses 8 and 9, and you know these, these verses. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It, it is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. We, we know. I'm often amazed by Christians, by others that, that just kind of minimize the gospel. It's kind of, it's just the gospel. Mm-hmm. It amazes me because the gospel isn't just, eh. So what is the gospel? Well, Paul gives us a clear definition of that in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 3 through 4, right? The death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ according to the scriptures. But that's, that's the gospel, his death, burial, and resurrection. But it's, there's more to it than that. And we're going to be looking at some of those things. Number one, we have to understand that uh, the person of Jesus Christ is more than just what the world has a view of. See, the Bible says that Jesus Christ is the creator of all things. That he was in the beginning. And that he was with God. The Bible tells us that, that Jesus Christ uh, was, was, is not just a man, that he, was, that he was the creator, that he's the second person of the Godhead, that he's the son of God, that he's God in the flesh. Go with me to John chapter 1. It says there in verse uh, chapter four, in uh, verse fourteen, it says, "And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld the glory as a as of the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth." So the Word was made flesh, the, the Word that was in the beginning, the Word that created all things, and and he he was made flesh. He, he became something that he was not. He became something that he was not. And the reason for that was because when Adam and Eve sinned at the garden, that was the fall of man, and man man was in sin and man was uh, uh, destined for death, eternal separation forever from God, and God took it upon himself to become a man and to come to this earth and to die for the sins of men. And to be raised on the third day. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 4. 
Hebrews chapter 4, of verse number 14. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession, for we have not an high priest which can be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are yet without sin. You see, Christ was perfect. He was sinless. How many of you have went the whole day without sinning? I dare not raise up my hand. For 33 years, for all his entire life on this earth, he never sinned. He was tempted as we are, but he, was, he never sinned. He, he, he was never, never committed a sin. He was perfect. You see, the gospel is more than just eh. Jesus Christ came to this earth and he came as, as a perfect sacrifice, as the Lamb of God, so that we could have life. He took that which he had never been or, or had never known, he took it upon him. He took on sin. He became sin. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Second Corinthians chapter 5, and we're going to pick up there in verse 21. For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. He that knew no sin became sin. He became sin... For us. So we understand that the gospel is a gospel of grace. We getting that which we do not deserve. It's called grace. But it's also a, a, a gospel of mercy. And what is mercy? Not getting what you deserve. God's compassion. God's mercy. Titus chapter 3. This is one of my favorite verses. And church, I'm not, I'm not saying this tonight because, because I feel like you need to know all of this. Maybe some of you do. But for the most part, most of you don't. But I'm going somewhere with this. But he says in Titus chapter 3, Verse uh, number five. And it says, Not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy, according to his compassion, not giving us what we deserve. He saved us. How do you do it? By the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost 
which he shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ, our, our Savior, that being justified by him, by his grace, we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life because of his mercy through Christ. Now, Now, who else can make these claims? What other religion, what other belief system uh, can say what, what, we've, what we've just read? There is none. There's none that, that have done what Christ has done. God became a man. Who else has an empty tomb? Paul says that the gospel is not man-made. Look at verse, a number, verse number 11 of Galatians. We're going to move a little forward. We're going to go up to verse number 11 real quick, and then we'll, we'll come back. But Paul says, but I certify a brethren that the gospel which we preach, which was preached of me, is not after men. For neither received it of men, neither was I taught it by men, or taught it, but by the revelation of Jesus Christ. And Paul's going to get into who he used to be and, and what he is, and, and then he's going to get into uh, where he went. Uh, in his time there, uh, after he was converted, Paul's going to say that he went into Arabia, and, and then he returns back to Damascus, and then he goes to Jerusalem. He says, I didn't confer with men. No, no man taught me what the gospel. I, I didn't go to the apostles, to the other apostles. I, I didn't go to Jerusalem. He says, I went to Arabia, and, and Jesus Christ revealed it to me. And how do we know? Because it's according to the Word of God. It, 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 his message, the message that, that Paul had there, is the same message that we get from the Word of God a message of grace. But not only that, church, the gospel changes lives. The gospel changes lives. I can't talk about what I don't know. I can't testify to you about something that I don't know. 
I can't be a witness to something that I, that I don't know, something that I didn't see. I'm, I'm talking about being born again. I, I can't testify to you about the new birth if I've never experienced it. I'm still uh, every day in awe. See, I remember who I used to be. See, I can't speak for you, church. I can't speak for your relationship. I can't speak for your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. I, I, I can't speak about your new, your, your new nature, but I can speak about mine. We can see those in the Word of God that, that were martyred because of the Word of God, because of their testimony uh, of the gospel of Jesus Christ, about the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We can testify, that, we can see that in the Word of God. But can you say the same thing? Is there anything in you that can be shaken away from the gospel? Away from knowing the power of God in your life. That's the gospel. The gospel changed my life. Never in a million years, when I was 36 years old, never in a million years, if you would have asked me that I, if I would have ever thought that I would be at Metropolitan Baptist Church behind a pulpit preaching the word of God, I would have told you, you're crazy. Never in a million years. But church, when I gave my life to Jesus Christ, when I made him Savior and Lord of my life, something happened to me. There was a change in me. And, and, it, and it wasn't something that just passes by or, 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 or just a, a, a sporadic emotions or whatever you want to call it. That happened when I was 36. I'm 45. And it reminds me of a song that I like to hear. The longer I serve him, the sweeter he grows. The longer I serve him, the sweeter he grows. Now, battling with the flesh and, and, and all those things, yeah, that happens. We're not perfect Christians. We're not a perfect family. We have our challenges. There are days that there's a reason why I don't have hair. Okay? It just didn't, it didn't just fall out on its own. But there's a reason for that, church. I'm not an ultimate super Christian. But there was a day when I gave my life to Jesus Christ and he changed my life. And I'm a witness to that. There's power in the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's what Paul said. And it amazes me when I hear Christians that, that don't even have a concern for the things of God. How do you not? Some. 
Right? I'm not speaking to you all. But there's power in the gospel. And, he, and Paul testifies to that. Look what he says in, 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 in uh, verse number 13. For ye have heard of my conversation in times past in the Jews' religion, how that beyond measure I persecuted the church of God and wasted it. That's what he was going to Jerusalem for. He was going to Jerusalem to bound saints and take them back to Jerusalem bound. But that changed for Paul. See, well, there was a day when, when, when uh, we were out there living for the world and doing the things of the world. And, and in, in the world, as we read in uh, Ephesians chapter 2, wherein, Ephesians chapter 2, verse number 2, wherein in the times past... Ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation. That word conversation is talking about our manner of life. In times past, in the lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh, of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. And that was all of us in here. We were all walking down that course. We were all living that life. Sometimes I think back and and I think, wow, that used to be me. But the power of God in my life. The power of the, of the gospel. It'll change your life. It'll change the life of anyone who believes and trusts in Christ. If they truly give their life to Christ. So the gospel is a gospel of grace. And Paul says in verse number 7, Which is not another... But there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. And he's talking about those false teachers that came into the church and they started to pervert the gospel of Christ. Corrupt. How many of you know someone that is believing in a false Religion and they're stuck in this in captivity and, 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 and we don't want to tell them nothing because we don't want to offend them but the gospel does offend you know what you're telling someone right when you tell someone that, that Christ is the only way to heaven that, that they're, you're telling them that their religion is false how would you like it if somebody told you that And that's what the gospel does. You're telling someone your religion is false. 
And if you don't repent and trust in Christ, you're going to go to hell. It's going to cause conflict. You probably get punched in the face. Better learn how to bob and weave. Be quick. But we have this false gospel, this false Christ plus the law. How many men have we had already come into our church and, and try to preach this? We had to kick them out. But yet we, we, we talk to them and we try to share the gospel with them. We weren't trying to argue with them, but we wanted them to know the gospel, to know the truth. And so the gospel is going to cause some conflict. But Paul says, which is not another. What he's saying is that there's not another gospel. There's only one. There's only one gospel. There's, there's not another. And there were those that were perverting the gospel of Christ. And then he says in verse number 8, But though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. As we said before, so I say again, if any man preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached, let him be accursed. Two times he uses that word accursed. He mentions it twice. That word accursed is, is uh, to, to ban or excommunicate, to be excommunicated. To remove this person, not only from, from the church and from the ministry... Because that, that false gospel can cause harm. And it has, and we see it in our nation. It has. We got churches here, there, 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 there. And, and, and one of the things I always hear people say is, well, who, who has the truth? Because you, you say you have the truth. They, they say they have the truth. Who, who, who has the truth? You see the damage? Church, there's only one gospel, and it's a biblical gospel. If it's not according to the word of God, that's not the gospel. So we see that the authority comes from God. And the message comes from God. And it's a message of grace. But there's also a responsibility that comes with that. 
There's a responsibility of the servant of Jesus Christ. It says in Galatians chapter 1, and we're going to look at verse number 10. For do I now persuade men or God? Paul says, who, who am I trying to persuade? Who, who am I trying? That word persuade uh, means to convince. Who am I trying to convince? Who am I trying to persuade? Men or God? Well, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 11, it tells us that uh, speaking of that day that, that Christ, we will all stand before the judgment seat of Christ and and there will be those that, that uh, will stand before the other judgment, and they will be cast into the lake of fire. But uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse number 11. Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. Knowing the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. Our responsibility is to persuade men. He says, or do I seek to please men? How many churches are in the ministry to please men? They've started their churches built on that, and, and, and they're pleasing men. They got a Starbucks in there, Chick fil A, the lights. Looks like you're at a concert. They have another gospel. Because the gospel that they preach doesn't change you. The, the, the gospel that they preach, it doesn't conform you into, into the image of Christ. It, it, it conforms God into your image, to what you want God to be for you. What you want Christ to be for you. Not you conformed into the image of Christ. And they're packed. They're pleasing men. And look what he says here. He says, For if I yet please men, I should not be the servant of Christ. If, if our ministry is to serve men and to please men and, and to make people feel comfortable when they come into the church, if that's our ministry, then, then we, don't have no, we don't have no purpose here. You don't have no business here. Well, Brother Daniel, we just need to change this or, or, or we need to change that and, and maybe we'll get more people in here. I'd rather have 50 born-again believers than, than to have 1,000 non-believers. Give me 50. But we're going to preach the truth. 
hey, if, if, we gotta go get a, if I got to go get a job, whatever I got to do, hey, we're going to preach the truth. Because people are going to hell. Hell is a real place, and we heard that message. We're not here to, to make people feel comfortable. We're here so that men will come to Christ, that men will be converted, that men will be saved, that the kingdom of God will be advanced. That's why we're here. Not here to make you feel good. We're not here to please men. We're here to get in the word of God and to preach the word of God. So our authority is a God-given authority. Our message is a message of grace. Our responsibility is to convince men not to compromise with men, not to compromise the gospel. The way I look at it is, God, if you could change me, you can change anybody. God, if you can do something in my life, God, I know that you can do something in in, in someone else's life. But the question is, have you been there? Have we been there, church? Have we tasted that the Lord is good? Have 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 we been there? We have a message, and it's the only message that saves. There's not another message, church. There's not another gospel. I'm thankful that that we have a way to be reconciled with God. One of my favorite verses, and it's a reminder... Is in Second Corinthians chapter chapter five, verse number twenty. And and again, uh, uh, Paul is writing uh, the letter to believers. He's writing his letter here. He's writing to believers, and, and 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 Paul says this. He says, "Now then, we are ambassadors." That word ambassadors is a representative, one who acts as a representative in behalf of another. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. Look at this. He says, as though God did beseech you, that word beseech, it means to call near, to invite. Now look at this. As though God did beseech you, God did invite you. By who? By us. Who's the us? The ambassadors. He says, hey, God is using us to invite you. 
He says, we pray you in Christ's stead, be reconciled to God. The ministry of reconciliation. There's only one way that we can be reconciled with, with God, and that's through the gospel of Jesus Christ. He's, he's given us the authority. We have the message of grace, and we have the responsibility. Church, we don't need a thousand people. All we need is faithful people that trust in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because at the end of the day, that's all we have is, is, is the gospel. The gospel changes lives. We're going to go ahead and uh, I'm going to call Brother John up, and so uh, the, the, the musicians. I want to thank you, church, for listening tonight. I, ho I hope that the word of God, that the, the message tonight was encouraging for you. I hope that, that God did something in your heart tonight. The altars are going to be open for all those who would like to come and, and pray. Maybe God has laid someone on your heart. Maybe there's someone that you need to talk to that you haven't talked to, that you haven't mustered up the courage, or, or maybe you don't have the words to talk to them about Christ. Maybe you haven't been holding up to your end of uh, the Great Commission or your responsibility as a Christian to, to preach the, the gospel. But it's the responsibility of, of us all. Every one of us in here is responsible. Not just the pastor, not just the deacons, every one of us. And it isn't just in our giving, it's in our witness as well. God bless you tonight, church, and the altars are open if you'd like to I'll pray. Page 155, please stand. Have thine own way, Lord, have thine own way, thou art the potter. I am the clay, mold me and make me after thy will, while I am waiting, yielded and still. Have thine own way, Lord, have thine own way. Search me and try me, Master, today. Whiter than snow, Lord, Wash me just now as in thy presence.
presence humbly I bow have thine own way Lord have thine own way wounded and weary help me I pray power all power surely is thine touch me and heal me Savior divine let's be dismissed with our chorus till the whole world knows Till the whole world knows, till the whole world knows, I will shout and sing of Christ my King, till the whole